0: Oh, man, heck, heck, here we go, here it good is, morning.
1: there it is, wow, we're, we're all on, we're on, we <laughs>
0: pass. Pass. now we um,
1: we're it's hash, now it's hash, it's a good day, it's
0: a great We've day, you have been looking forward to it's this a day, fantastic day for a long um,
1: time, for probably about a month and a half, Bell starts, Bell
0: starts, Bell gets her fort today, it's for yeah. her fort, yeah, it's her now, yeah, fort <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> going to be a good day, folks.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh we we'll got to be large, happy
0: you're here with us. We got a lake on the ranch there and uh,
1: it's gorgeous. A barn, yeah. big old barn. Big old
0: barn. It's going to be great. These saguaros. Yeah. Oh, some barrel cactus. Mm-hmm. Mhm. All right, large lot. Large. Very large lot. Very large yeah. lot. Large lot. Yeah, it's about forty acres right there. Yeah, right <clears> there on <throat> the corner. Wait, I mean, we haven't noticed and start it out, but I
2: mean,
0: we will. We will.
2: Serious checking out
0: that land. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, welcome to weekday <laughs> Wednesday. You're here with Health Star. With the <laughs> it's just gonna be that kind of show. Good morning. Here we go. All right, for all you bloggers out there, let's just say, oh wow, I am just not on the ball today. Sorry. I am. No, I mean, and- it's just. I, it's the computer thing. Oh, okay. I wish... Apple. Come on, Apple. You don't have a touchscreen yet. Oh. Whoa,
1: is this the... It's start?
0: No. <laughs> oh, God, no. I'm just saying, see, knock the booters. Knock out here. Come on, let's do this. I'm sure that's coming. I mean, the yeah, new it's one's got to be... Gotta it has so to, have to have a that. touch screen because I'm
1: like, oh, you, you know what else start? is great? Oh. I know since you were playing with my, my computer that, you know, yeah. um, on mine, it pulls all the way back. So then your oh. keyboard becomes non-existent and right. doesn't work. Could you... It locks out of place.
0: Yeah. So you just and then you
1: just use it as
0: a tablet. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Well, if you'd like to call in and chat tablets and... and... Computer devices with us. And Give us rips. a call at BongRips six four six nine one five eight four two one. We are here live. But just those discussions. Just those, topics. I, it's those three topics. <laughs> what were they? Computers, BongRips, and what? Oh my! Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it was all about the computers, computers and tablets. Yeah, t- oh tablets. Same that kind of thing. Welcome to Weed Say Wednesday, everybody. We have any live callers out there. Uh Grand Island, wake up. Oh, no, it's, it's like practically midnight over there already. Good evening, Grand Island. Grand Island. <laughs> That's the big joke.
1: That it's, is funny.
0: It's like three hours later, so it's, it's yeah. by the time, like, you know, we're having lunch, we're getting ready for dinner, we're getting ready for dinner, they're getting ready for bed. It's like No, uh, it's so funny
1: because I was going to call someone the other day and they're like, oh, crap. What time zone are we in? <laughs> it's so funny because, you you know, when you talk to a friend, you're like, I know they'll you're, you're like, they're going to pick up. But then yeah. you don't realize. Real like thing. one of our friends, um, uh, Ms. Tombstone. Uh, she called this morning and had no idea that it was our. You know, she's like, "I'm just going to call my friends."
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and a lot of people just do that, so they forget about the time
0: zone thing. They do forget about the time zone thing. Check this out: Seven ways people use cannabis in 1930. Oh, I know. Thanks guys. High is Magazine. We're just going to have a fun morning uh, because this is a pre-birthday celebration oh. for the cannabis community. That's going to be, talk about a fun weekend. Wow. That's going to be a fun party at the away away. That place is like the oh. gods have dropped down and said, this is where you shall have your place in and you're like, ah, and there's blowing crystals. And the dreams are flowing. And over, overflowing. Just grab a dream. Grab one. Everyone, everyone, grab a dream. Golf clap. Golf clap. In the 1930s was a crucial decade for cannabis. Before the marijuana with an H-Tax Act of 1937, cannabis was a widely used medicine. But after a national campaign to stigmatize and outlaw cannabis, medicinal use declined and the herb's reputation was tarnished, oh. but a hundred years ago, weed was commonplace across the country. You could buy marijuana in drug stores as a liquid or as a resin. Wow, the government did not regulate it, which meant that companies advertised marijuana infused products as a really um, oh as a treatment for a long list of conditions, and sometimes it worked, and sometimes it was a really bad well, idea.
1: I, are you saying that we've, we've been, been here before? <laughs>
0: Um, yeah. I'm saying that, uh, it's yeah. been around for a long, long time. I love the photos they show too. I'm going to post this in our little blog section here for you bloggers out there so you can check this out and read
1: along with this. It's that's what not you're like too to far off from what we're looking at today, yeah. uh, with other than a different label yeah. and now, uh, a dropper, but still those same type, type of bottles, the darker, um, medicinal
0: bottles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, here's one from Eli Lilly. It's a, it says poison, one fourth pint, 118 cc's fluid extract, number it was number 96, cannabis. Cannabis sativa. Contains alcohol, 80% alcohol. Uh, Eli Lilly and Company, Indiana, USA. Need a narcotic sedative or anti-spasmodic? What's no further than Eli Lilly and Company's Cannabis Fluid Extract at 80% alcohol? This potion labeled as a poison because you should only take a drop. By today's standards, Lilly's uh, Cannabis Fluid Extract, one fluid ounce as a tincture, uh, just not one you'd see on the shelves. So this is kind of the same thing, but ours are not 80% alcohol. (laughs) Um, Though we do not. Advise using any product uh, resembling this. Eli Lilly's understanding of medical marijuana as an antispasmodic isn't too far off the mark from today. Uh, medical marijuana is one of the only effective treatments for epilepsy or seizure-induced autism. Wow, there's a lot of, uh, they keep showing these great photos, and there's just a lot of poison <laughs> uh, warnings on these things. With a, Well, that's probably because there's all sorts of stuff in it. Uh, With a long list of uses, Lloyd-specific medicine is pretty far from specific. (laughs) This tincture was marked as a cure for many things, most of which targeted women. It could treat melancholia, PMS, stomach pain, nervous system issues, nervous depression, and any behavior for which a man would call a woman crazy. (laughs) For instance, having an overactive sex drive could be cured with Lloyd's specific medicine. (laughs) The bottle reads it is useful in hysterical patients Uh, and in the mild forms of insanity in women, especially if these be due to menstrual irregularities, which are the cause of pain. The label adds it allays uh, abnormal sexual appetite. Wow. Whoa! Wow, look at all these. Oh, they had marijuana cigarettes. Uh, Grimalt Corporation manufactured what they called Indian cigarettes. This product's <laughs> main objective was to treat asthma. Huh. Uh-huh. Today, Israeli research has discovered that certain cannabinoids can reduce the inflammation symptomatic of asthma. Specifically, CBD in liquid form could treat asthma. <clears throat> this doesn't mean that smoking marijuana when you're having asthma is in any way a good idea. Uh, at the time though these cigarettes were a completely legal medicinal treatment. I love these these pictures. Um, hmm. I hope you guys are following along here. Oh here's one. Uh powdered extract of cannabis indica, catalog number seventeen sixteen. There were that many items in there. Um wow. yeah and this was um dose one half grain. Um Mm, can't read everything in there, so let's see. WMS Merrill, an Ohio-based chemical company, manufactured Indian cannabis. They said that this tincture is both an anesthetic and a treatment for gonorrhea. As far as we know, this is not true. Uh, WMS Merrill manufactured a whole line of what you could call medical marijuana products. One of them, bromochloral, mixed indica with licorice, orange peel, and Chlorohydrate, a strong sedative and hypnotic drug that's very difficult to get today. Interesting, licorice and orange peel. All they needed was sage, and we have a Holy Smokes product. I mean, come on.
1: (laughs) So I'm loving that they're bringing back in, well, uh, that you're using other terpenes uh, to boost all the cannabinoids. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Like I said,
0: Well, they had a list there. Have we been here before? Um, Are we are we talking? Are we?
1: Yeah. So it's just, (laughs) you know, I I knew we had medicinal um, uh, marijuana back in the days, but I wasn't sure exactly. You see the bottles and things like that, but they don't ever show you all the ingredients. Some of it was.
0: We're gonna have to find it.
1: There was one that I saw, and it had mercury
0: with chalk. I Maybe mean, it straight Sorry. up looks like people it. died. There. <laughs> yeah, people died at that. Okay. Having a smoke sesh is by no means a modern innovation. Since the nineteenth century, urban creatives have taken part in these gatherings and received a lot of attention for. Back in the eighteen forties, Balzic, Baudelaire, Dumas and other French intellectuals formed Le Club du Hashishin. I like that. I'm gonna be in that club. <laughs> During the nineteen twenties and thirties, people called them T-pads. And in 1938, Meyer Berger, a New Yorker reporter, visited a Harlem teapad, and Berger described the scene. Quote, four rooms with nine couches set against the cracked, cream-colored walls with a few limp, easy chairs to handle the overflow. (laughs) (gasps) Music was often an important part of the teapad culture, Berger adds that the host was playing weird, ritualistic themes. Additionally, many teapads sprung out of a jazz culture, though they attracted a wide array of customers. Oh, the jazz people. Marijuana's uh-huh. connection with jazz culture and through African-American communities, one of the reasons why authorities outlawed it in the first place. Here we go. Ooh, that's, these are awesome photos. You guys really must get over there and check these out. Uh, it says, the Ivy These cures corns. All right. Not only was marijuana a typical treatment for bunions and corns, <laughs> but at one point it was the most common. Antique Cannabis Book lists over 40 different corn removal brands that list cannabis Ingredient. So there isn't much research on cannabis for corns. We do know that marijuana is a potent antibacterial. For this reason, it can be a useful topical for external ailments like psoriasis, eczema, and potentially bunions and corn. Ooh, golf clap. All right. Oh, a way to treat urinary infections. Look at again labeled poison. Um there you go, cannabis kids. Do a little
1: happy reading. All for us. right. Labeled poison, until the Marijuana Act, Tax Act of 1937, marijuana served as a catch all remedy for a variety of ailments. A uh, medicine that could be used as a remedy for insomnia might also supposedly cure urinary tract in- infections. Advertisers said that most of the popular tinctures of the early 20th century cured urinary tract infections, and urinary tract pain. People also used them to treat sexually transmitted diseases, largely due to the Marijuana Tax Act, uh, largely due to the Marijuana Tax Act, and the following legislation that prevented research on marijuana. We still don't know which cannabinoids are useful for which conditions. Um, You're on a map. I know. I think I just went no, nope, seven ways before the government allowed prohibition with oh, marijuana. I'm working it. It's good. Working it. Working it. Uh-huh. Weed was common, was a common medicine. Though some of these uh uses appear laughable, medicinal professionals are c- reclaiming some of these uses today. Perhaps it is not so ridiculous to think that cannabis as a catch-all medicine for a variety of conditions, which the benefit of modern science, we can target. We can target what exactly in cannabis benefits each of our unique ailments.
0: Yeah, and that's the whole thing we're, they're studying right now, which is what mm. we're really interested in. Is if someone says I've got RA or I've got fibromyalgia or I have MS, what strain should I take? How much? How often? Um, and should I take an oil? Should I smoke? Should I bake? Should I eat it? You know, which, which way should I do it? So when they figure that out, that's going to be huge. Well, when they
1: talk about the balancing, I mean, a, a catch-all, what it, the cannabis is actually doing is it is going in and repairing and balancing out the system and kind of cleaning it up like a computer would.
0: Yeah, Absolutely.
1: You know, it troubleshoots in all the areas and finds out why you're 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 having arthritis in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then you know, a lot of these things are our immune system. These are the responses that we're getting, just like an error code or you know, and some something has to be put in to regulate the system.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. So
1: I like helping. How that was um, said in there.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's been used for like, you know, five, ten thousand 10,000 or more years. So mm-hmm. it's, it isn't anything new, which is why we're kind of giggling along the way. It's, it's, it's nothing new. But what what is new is the deeper science that we're getting into. You know, because mm-hmm. everyone's goal back in the 60s was just to get high. You know, it's just like, let's get high. <laughs> well, in the 1930s, and that's like, it was well, had hash, They had hash parties. So, they like, had both. They had hash parties. Mm-hmm. And then they had medicinal, yeah. you know, you could go to your cupboard and grab it for, you know, whatever ailment you had. Cramps, Crohn's, corn. <laughs> oh, my. Cramps, corns, corn, and- crows. Crone, oh, oh, my. Cramps, yeah.
1: Crohn's, oh,
0: my. Yeah, so you could literally go grab it for any one of those things. Um, you know what else you can do? You can go down to Tummel Weeds Health Center. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's going to go 53 and it's going way back, way back. Way back. 4826. 20, Broadway Boulevard. Folks are right out there. There's signs all over the place. We're used to kind of crowded these days, so try and make an appointment. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. Uh, you can check out if you want to find out uh, what ailments qualify you for your medical marijuana card here in Arizona. You can go to tumbleweedhealthcenter.com and check it out. Or you can just listen out. PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, HIV, AIDS, ALS, Crohn's, agitation of Alzheimer's, a chronic or a debilitating disease or a medical condition, or just a treatment for a chronic or a debilitating disease or a medical condition that causes wasting syndrome, severe and chronic pain, severe nausea, seizures, including those characteristic of epilepsy, Severe or persistent muscle spasms, including those characteristic of multiple sclerosis. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona Medical Marijuana Card. Give us a call five two zero eight three eight forty four thirty. You can call in here at six four six nine one five eight four two one right now. Check out tumbleweedshealthcenter.com. dot com um, and email thc tucson at gmail.com. We'd also like to give a shout out to uh, Growers House. Uh, we love their we love all their products. It's like a little like a little kidney can you still want to go in there like oh i need this i need this i really don't but you know, you think you do and you see all sorts of fun products you want to you know make your strawberries bigger and brighter and juicier and tastier you know it's a good place to go yeah love our strawberries so go down to growershouse.com what's that i'm excited about them yeah i need to put them outside i don't know exactly the heat you know because i've been growing them indoors yeah but I think to I gotta start, him, like, I got don't know if it's afternoon. I think it's afternoon Sunday, like uh-huh. a little afternoon today. Yeah, no, we're, we're all excited. Oh, do we have a caller there that wants out. to come on air? Or was that an accidental push? <laughs> you can let us know and text us because I know that was probably an accident. Or maybe it wasn't. It probably was. <laughs> they don't want to come on air. But, you know, if you want to, if you're sitting around the house and you're hanging out, you want to grab a magazine and you don't have one, you can get your online digital magazine right here. Check it out there. Great online magazine. If you go to our website and go to the radio section, um, scroll down, and it shows a couple of our sponsors. You just click on their pictures and um, you get right there. You go get your online magazine. You can shop for um, all your hydro and soil, any kind of product you want for growing. They're awesome. Family owned and run. Uh, fantastic <laughs> company. Check them out. Did you hear that Colorado Governor vetoed a marijuana tasting room bill. Well, that's not going to here. But why not have a tasting room? Fantastic. Although, one time I had a taste, yeah, had a taste in the tasting room, I barely could function my calculator, you know. So, I, yeah.
1: that's true. And, you know, and people are leaving. You know, <laughs> when you're at your home, there's a certain thing you're like, I don't have to go anywhere. I'm here.
0: Yes. Yeah. And um, unlike a cigar shop, a cannabis can really affect your ability to to drive.
1: Really, it really. Unless you under take the
0: bus, walk, ride a bike, or have a friend or Uber. Ooh, Uber, exactly. Ooh. Good suggestions, though. Right off the top. Of you. Uber only, or or Lyft, or uh-huh. um, there's all sorts of things now, right? Ride, aren't there all sorts of? Oh, no, so many. We're gonna make one. Which we is?
1: Can we call it
0: high? Oh, Uh, All right, there's no cannabis-specific equivalent to the phrase, close, but no cigar. (laughs) But what unfolded in Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper's office on Monday would have been as good as a time as any coin one. Colorado, one of the first states to legalize cannabis for adult use, almost earned another first for this week, namely becoming the first state to allow public cannabis consumption at retail stores. But The marijuana tasting room bill, as it came to be known, was vetoed by Governor Hickenlooper. Colorado's 2012 adult use prohibition uh, prohibits the public consumption of cannabis in any form. There you have it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Innovative Coloradans satisfied their desire for social sessions by setting up cannabis clubs. These unlicensed establishments gave cannabis users a place outside of the confines of their homes to share knowledge and experience with different products which I think is a really good idea. And it's nice to hang out with your friends and partake.
1: There was this um, place here in Tucson a while back who allowed... Um, they still do. Uh-huh.
0: The um, 420 Social Club. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, n- they've moved. Not them, but Tumbleweed Southern a long oh, time ago. Oh, oh, oh. Allowed for a really nice little hangout and socialize in a really nice setting had a really, like, uh, it was more like I don't a library. Think we were
0: partaking with everybody, though.
1: No, but people were there who were probably already, had already yeah. partook <laughs> Had
0: partook in. Uh, they had come up from the crick and partook in. Uh, eventually, cannabis clubs became so popular <laughs> that Denver voters approved an initiative to set up licensed social establishments. All right. Colorado House Bill 1258, however, took a different approach. Rather than licensing cannabis clubs, the tasting room bill would have allowed adults to vape or eat small quantities of cannabis inside wheat shops. That's interesting. So they weren't going to be ripping up on the bombs and passing joints around. You can pass your little vape around, and then you could eat some edibles. But that's, yeah. Okay. Scary. Just it's scary. Yeah, okay, unless you have a ride home. Oh, unless okay.
1: you—it uh, has to be some, like you. you have, got.
0: You just have to be responsible. Tasting
1: room has got a signature, and once you become a You vendor, know what?
0: I TM I bet they've got a van that will just give you rides. It's like a rideshare. It'll just ride share you your home. Yep. The concept will be familiar to anyone who has stopped by a wine tasting when shopping for libations. It's commonplace. True, but okay. True, sure. not but. Just true, but you got to be responsible. That's all we're saying. Just be responsible. There's well, my line. The be responsible, huh? That's right. Yeah, alcohol is—it's like you know when we open the opium lounge again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you to, on the opium lounges? Just, um,
1: just in gotta, case you guys
0: didn't know that. <laughs> you've got to be careful out there. You have got to be careful out there you got to have a horse driver.
2: you got to not carry a right back to
0: you. <laughs> All right. However, Hickenlooper argued that cannabis tasting rooms would present a clear and present danger to public safety. We are concerned that marijuana use at consumption establishments could result in additional impaired or intoxicated drivers on our roadways. Hickenlooper wrote in a letter announcing his veto of HB 1258 reports to the Denver Post. Governor Hickenlooper, Hickenlooper's letter also cited work place concerns for retail staff um, th- saying that uh, exposing employees to a constant cloud of secondhand vape plumes could prove hazardous. Okay, well, Governor Hickenlooper needs to do a little research. Um, the vape the plumes, there are big vape plumes these days, though. It's huge. They need to plumes. not have so much. Yeah, they don't. So, and I think those I are think coming out of the big, giant Machines. I mean, I they, know. they're so you could like do curls with them. They're so big. I mean, I even like some triceps. Going on right there, yeah. You know how we talked about certain um, <laughs> so
1: certain temperatures me, right? burn. <laughs> yeah. So when when they're doing that, well, they're also mixing it with other stuff that creates the bigger plume. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember which one it is, mm-hmm. but I think it's propylene glycol mm,
0: that creates that the big plume cloud of smoke mm-hmm. wow yeah
1: and so depending on what that their oil it in it or their concentrated we've had with. to
0: ask people to limit their plumage because they it's inside like, it, fills, it fills the whole inside
1: It
0: fills the whole room yeah because some people don't want that smell
1: no it's and it's even if they're across
0: the room and it's, some far, of it it's uh, like come on now Limit your plumage. I think that's... We should have a sign up. Limit your plumage. Really, uh, fake. It, it, uh, what is it? I know. It's spinach. It's
1: but the flavor, some of them can be very, oh, very toxic. they're toxic.
0: toxic. Yeah, so because the nose, they're... Even... No, 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 because they're just fake flavoring. They yeah. just be toxic to your body, so... Exactly. Careful. The health and safety concern argument doesn't have much truck with Colorado's yeah. cannabis communities, despite the American Lung Association and the American Cancer Society Cancer Action Network backing... And Looper's veto, the HB-1258 veto was met with a fierce volley of criticism from the cannabis community. Uh, cannabis retailers maintained that the tasting room idea would be a boon to regulators. In the wisdom, oh, in its wisdom, the Colorado legislator sought <laughs> to close a significant gap in regulation, said Chris Woods, the owner of cannabis retailer Parapin Care Station. In a statement blasting the veto, It's unfortunate that the governor chose not to offer another regulatory tool to state and local regulators. Maybe HB-1258 could have given Colorado a sharper dividing line between licensed and unlicensed public cannabis consumption, fulfilling a consumer demand while making enforcement easier for the state. However, Governor Hickenlooper didn't see things that way. So for now, no marijuana tasting rooms in the Centennial State. Well, and that's why you have, you know, like they said, they've got private places that, um, you know, users can go and and taste and talk and discuss and, and hang out and enhance and, you know, just be with each other in the whole process of using the canvas because there's a lot of people that uh, are brand new to this and um, they want some, some hand-holding in this. You know what else they want?
1: What
2: now? puff, 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 puff.
3: Walk into my house like, what up, I got some good pot. I'm just pumped up, got some herb from the pot shop. Ice in my fridge, it used to be frosty. My friends like, damn, that's a stone ass donkey. Rolling in hella hot, looking like it's of time. Dominating all my friends as I eat some chili fries. Draped in a smuggy with my girl sitting next to me. Probably shouldn't have had a big gulp full of iced tea. Hello, hello, my main man, Obama. A couple states have just reformed their laws on marijuana. What you gonna do, send the feds there? Hell no. The DEAs would be like, ah, oh, they got volcanoes. I'm
2: gonna smoke some weed. Only got $20 in my pocket. I'm a-huntin', lookin' for a bot shop. This is...
3: know about the science of marijuana what you know about people suffering from glaucoma they need it they need it it helps them with their condition if you don't believe me then just ask some eye physicians thank your granddad for voting for that guy richard Nixon, is the president who made the plant illegal but science is now showing that it's medicine for people and the private sector is fighting to keep all of that illegal alcohol and tobacco pharmaceutical prisons i'll take those four major lobby groups and fight So it's time to update it, regulate it, and then get it under state control. Peak game, look into my political telescope. Think it's gonna stay like this forever? Not hella won't. Not hella won't.
2: Hey, Obama. Stop being a hypocrite. You used to smoke weed. Special interest groups are nothing more than corporate, but let's end the war on me, the people have agreed, these special interest groups have kept these laws
0: Four minutes long song. We're like eating eggs and hanging out and talking about decorations. Mm-hmm. We're about, we're back. Welcome back to We'd Say Wednesday, everybody, <laughs> in case you forgot where you were. This
2: is where you are. You stuck with us for anything. 26 minutes.
0: Yeah. Sounds oh, about right. We're enjoying some delicious organic free running eggs, as my mama would say. We're They're free running. running. They're free running. So, yeah, we always get to talking about all sorts of stuff on the uh, on our breaks. But what we came up with is there's an article about how to talk to teens about cannabis. Because Mm -hmm. I heard on NPR um, the other day when I'm driving, I listen to that a lot. There is a teacher, and I missed the beginning, so I even missed where she was from. Um, But they were talking about marijuana in the school. And so her approach was, like, I, I, I just didn't like it very much. She's like, all right. What are we talking about today, kids? Marijuana. And it was just very, like, uh, it wasn't that it was negative. It was just that it wasn't, yeah, and it was just, you know, explaining that it can affect your brain up until you're, you know, 20-something because you're still developing, you know, and why you probably, you know, it's probably a safer option than other things, but maybe you still shouldn't do it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't hear anything she didn't talk about any of the medicinal aspects or, you know, the positive things um, that marijuana can do. I don't know if that's her job in the school, but if you're going to talk about it, you should talk about the whole well-rounded plant, I think. Says, nobody hates talking frankly to children more than their parents, and nobody but their parents have more incentive to tell a convenient lie. You may deny it, but let's be real. One of the secrets of effective parenting is the potonic lie. The noble sacrifice of honesty for harmony. Maybe you don't really know the right answers. Maybe you prefer not to say. Maybe it's already 9 p.m. on a weeknight. The kitchen is still messy, and your four-year-old wants an existential treaty before bed. So you take the easy way out and make something up. (laughs) These are hollow victories, one with. Uh, cheap shortcuts that ring only in the near term. So all of the above applies when talking to children about cannabis. In an age when tens of millions of American adults have access to recreational marijuana and may even keep it in their home a home they share with children and when there is growing acceptance and factual data supporting it for providing medical cannabis to children suffering from specific ailments treated with cannabis, it behooves everyone to be honest immediately. Yeah. Totally be gone for that. One. So, if you're over 30, you should also be honest with yourself. Being the victims of anti-cannabis propaganda told you, oh, told to you by your parents, teachers, and other authority figures that let you down. Government. Uh, this simple maxim, "Tell the truth," is Elizabeth Diamaco's strategy for talking to children about cannabis. But we'd add one more bullet point. One for which the um, Amico provides an object lesson. Find out what the truth about cannabis is for yourself before you do. Okay, that's good because you have to find out if you're going to explain it. You need to find out what it is first before you try to explain something you don't understand. Kind of like this lady didn't explain all sides of medical cannabis. It was just here. It's kind of harmful because you're a teen and you're growing. It might be in from a
1: fear perspective.
0: Mm -hmm. Totally Mm -hmm. coming from that that fear kind of perspective. To to
1: scare,
0: yeah. Yeah, scare tactic. Um, Diamico is a clinical psychologist and a researcher at the RAND Corporation. She's also the lead author of Planting the Seeds of Marijuana Use, a recent study that examined the effect of medical marijuana advertising on impressionable youth. Oh, that, that would be a good study. I'm actually going to post this to our blog as well because there's some links in here to some uh, articles and um, some scientific studies uh, that you should probably see. All right, hang on, let me get back to our article here. So she and other researchers and found that constant um, bombardment with billboards and print ads gives the idea that cannabis is mostly safe and good. Uh, And this is mostly true. Cannabis does appear to be a safer choice than alcohol or tobacco, according to a 2015 study published in science reports that included research from decades of related studies. If you say something is bad, that's not giving them the full facts. Diamico is also the, uh, the mother of two teens and lives in the Los Angeles area, which is both heavily populated and saturated with cannabis advertisements. Holy heck it is. Holy cow. At all times, D'Amico told the newspaper, the mission of a parent around marijuana is to encourage teens to make a healthy choice by really talking to them about all sides so they can ask questions. And when they do, be honest about it. Because if you just tell someone, don't do it, well, we know that doesn't work. Right. Yeah. D'Amico demonstrates a pervasive problem that encounters both adults and teens alike when discussing cannabis use. It's not as simple as being able to tell your children that adults can responsibly use cannabis, but children never can. For example, uh, DiAmico told Westward, yes, there are medical benefits, but, they, uh, but they're but benefits for adults. No medical benefits have been shown for adolescents. Hmm. This is a surprising and troubling claim for a researcher to make unchallenged, and it's one contradicted by some scholarly evidence as well as heaps of antidotes as well as everything that's probably most ever read on the show. Cannabis-derived medicines are helping many kids with seizures and with autism, just as they are helping adults, because that's the thing. Adults and kids are both humans with human brains and bodies. And to posit that a child of 17 lacks an endocannabinoid system that then mysteriously appears when they become a voting age isn't grounded in that. That's true. It also contradicts what pharmaceutical companies know, but it may be what you, the parent, know based on your own indoctrination and conditioning. The point is, you may not know the answer to what your teens ask about marijuana, but be honest and admit your ignorance when it arises, and then correct it. This will require some rigorous self-examination, but it will be worth it. If you repeat an old lie, the kids always seem to find out eventually. And boy, that's the truth. You just have to understand. I'm, I'm dealing with, uh, I'm not dealing
1: with, but I've got five year olds that live next door to me. Mm. And um, they're so. Inquisitive. Inqu- inquisitive, but they also are so. They, they see everything that's going on. They're watching your every move.
0: Oh, yeah. They know. It's really scary. They're like little detectives.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. And, you know,
1: you see. Mm. Where their eyes go, you see they're watching you. You know they're watching how you handle things, how you uh, how you uh, approach things, how they how you notice them, um, how you react to them.
0: Oh, they they're are on it.
1: Everything and uh, on it. I've really been a lot more conscious about
2: oh, how
1: man. you approach them too. <clears throat>
2: yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, because they're learning on how people. Like what do people do when?
0: Mm-hmm. And how people respond, and how people approach you for certain ideas. They are trying
1: stuff. to learn everything. Yeah, those little brains are intaking so much. Everything,
0: of but it's. Talk about I mean, funge.
1: it goes all the way up to even more watching how <laughs> people react to you. As a teenager, into your older teens, and then until you are actually. What you are considered an adult at 18. Right. Um, 21 to drink and things like that. Right. I uh, I believe that we do need to have this conversation with them, but you need to have this conversation like you would if it was alcohol. Or, a,
0: yeah, right. anything else that's going to be imperative and, and it's going to impair, influence,
1: in, influence your ability to right. just be. uh uh-huh. yeah. It yeah. takes you... Um, It puts you in a new perspective, and so you know, Mm needing to know your surroundings is really important. Yeah. So.
0: Well, it is, and you know, when when you're young, and you're starting to experiment with things like that, safety.
1: Right. You're in. Sometimes you're in a strange place. Now, granted, I guess ask yourself that checklist of questions. (laughs) Bless you.
0: I know. I don't know
1: what happened. Um, You know, whether it be, am I in a safe place? Do I feel safe here if something happened? Granted, you know, we know that you can't overdose on cannabis, but, you know, having those uh, feelings of uneasiness and sometimes anxiety.
0: Yeah. So just,
1: I guess, who talks to the kids about this?
0: Well, that's, you know, that's Where my, that, was, now? That, that was my concern when I heard this NPR discussion. It, it wasn't really a discussion. She was just like, what's our subject today? Marijuana. You know, and it wasn't, there was no just, I don't know that she would approach, well, I would like to see how she would approach her other subjects of the day because she was really just oh hummed about this. And, and granted, I only heard part of it. I didn't hear the whole thing, but... Um, yeah, who who are talking to our children about this because it needs to be in the discussion big time. It really does because there are children that are going to school now uh, on cannabis and, you know, you may, may not know it. Most people probably don't know it because, you know, parents don't want to announce that. They don't want, you know, other kids w- might say something, you know, or you know, I don't know. Kids are just kids these days. And so, and with with Canvas, parents keep it really private. Oh, right. Because schools exactly. are very sensitive about that. Yep. And it's so sad because they send their kids to school in Ritalin and all sorts of other crazy things, you know. Um,
1: you see some of those teachers' drawers who have to actually admin, administrate some of those medicines to the kids. Yeah. While they're at school. Like, they're a freaking pharmacist. Yeah. Well, I know yeah. the kids don't want to take their medicine. They just got to argue with them. I mean, just.
0: It's pretty ridiculous.
1: It, it really is. I mean.
0: And they know. They know that cannabis is that good for them. And
1: it, Yeah, I just can't imagine. I know. I was wondering where you were going. But, you know, we, we're we finding out a lot more. We're understanding that uh, we, we as a community need to learn how to uh, talk about this how to talk about the different subjects that come up within cannabis just in itself you know how to talk to it uh, how to talk to people about it in general mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it, a lot of this work reminds me um, a lot of outreach um, I was in a uh, work for a nonprofit social um, in the social area of prevention and um, and it's a lot like that, and you're just changing the message to how to talk to this kind, this group, how to talk to this group, how to talk to this group. Um, I was in charge of ordering a lot of brochures and um, reading through the brochures oh, and making yeah. sure that they were the right, correct information for yeah. the community that we were trying to um, outreach to. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of this. You know, we're, we're trying to figure out how to look into each group Examine what their needs are, and outreach is the best way. And outreach yeah. is the best way, the best, and most feeling people that way. everyone is included, mm-hmm. um, you know, that no one's left out. Because when someone's left out, it creates a whole other oh, um, havoc. Havoc. So, you know, writing um, and being in the right atmosphere is for for sure the best way to see it.
0: Yeah. Well, guess what? <clears throat> we talked about this a lot. Is hemp a superfood? Well, this mm. entrepreneur would bet his business on it. Oh, he's going to do it. Yep.
1: He's going on Shark Tank, folks. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know if he's
0: Probably. <laughs> All right. I started in the hemp industry 25 years ago after learning about the nutritional benefits of hemp. I created the first commercial hemp food products, and this led to my evolution into the hemp-derived dietary supplements business. In 2014, I co-founded Elixinol which has become a global CBD company that distributes to 40 countries. In January, Elixinol joined forces with another company of mine, Hemp Foods Australia, to form Elixinol Global, which is traded on the Australian Stock Exchange. Oh, this is a little interview here. I've always been motivated by business. Uh, Why did you decide to get in the hemp business? Well, I've always been motivated by business that create positive change. I originally got into hemp after seeing how it could reduce the amount of uh, plastic we use in the world. When I learned that hemp is also a superfood, I got into hemp food products. I saw that people were experiencing inconsistent results from their hemp CBD products, and I knew they needed consistency and quality. I thought, people are relying on these products for radical health transformations. They need to be able to trust them. I realized there was a need for high-quality, stable, safe compounds that were reliable. Due to my experience with hemp for two decades, it seems a natural evolution that with the support of scientists, doctors, and a great team, we could make this possible. The change we want in the world is possible through hemp, and I truly believe that. Communicating the benefits of hemp. Benefits of our products has been a big challenge. Uh, the law will not allow us to say that our products are good for anxiety, PTSD, inflammation, pain, <clears throat> epilepsy, etc. but people are desperate for this knowledge. We can only share the fact that all mammals, including humans, have an endocannabinoid system that requires such products. We've overcome this obstacle in multiple ways. First, people feel the difference when they use our products. Our biggest advocates are our customers. They spread the news about Alexanol, and we do our best to provide them with the factuality, uh, with factually accurate information, limited only by what the law will allow us to say. We also have actual medical professionals, including doctors and nutritionists available, Uh, for customers consultations Um, and what's the best advice you can give to someone just starting off in the cannabis industry oh this is always a good one research 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 yeah and that's what we tell everybody you've you've got to to know your stuff and that does not mean to just research the internet as much of the information is not entirely accurate the internet is a good place to start but follow it up with in-person interviews as part of a thorough due diligence it may take some time however this is the foundation for your future. Before starting in the hemp business, I must have spoken to dozens of scientists, doctors, and farmers, and they continue to be some of my most important collaborators today. Um, So yeah, Um, oh, here's a good one. Is there a particular quote or saying um, that you use as a personal motivation? The Dalai Lama said, in order to carry a positive action, we must develop here a positive vision. Oh, I like that. Uh, As a leader of global business starting to make positive change, I often look within to see how we can improve. I'm extremely aware that change starts with me. In daily business, while we all strive for our best, most productive selves, it's easy to lose sight that we can be both kind and efficient. I often consider how I can do what I do with fewer words, but always keeping kindness in mind. How may I bring more clarity and kindness to communication if I can be kinder and clearer with my team then that uh, empowers clarity and kindness in their work. Great communication allows us to share significant efforts with more people. Uh, that's like nice, kindness in nice. communicating. And sometimes that's not always easy when you just wanna, you know, ring somebody's
2: neck. <laughs> well, sit down. Uh, name. That's the do you on to side. What in the dog order say? to
0: carry a positive active action, we must develop
1: here a positive vision.
0: So have a positive vision. And, uh, and like he's doing his with hemp. That's fantastic. He's been in the business for 25 years or more. And interview people. Go talk to people. Talk to patients. Talk to the people that it works for. You know, uh, there are a few people that come into the health center. Uh, it's don't feel effects from it, so we we suggest they move on to cannabis, the you know the stronger version of the plant, um, and uh, boost it up, boost it up a little bit. incorporate it. <laughs> Had that extra shot. <laughs>
2: and then sometimes it just doesn't work for people,
0: and that's the thing. But like you said, all humans and mammals have an endocannabinoid system. It doesn't just happen when you turn eighteen. Or, you know, when you turn
1: 21. No, you have it for all the time.
0: And for all of the days. For yeah. all of the days. For all of the days. So check this out. Beja Floor Farms using cannabis for carbon sequestration. Ah, with a name meaning kiss the flower, California's Beja Floor Farms mm. believe cannabis farming can help with carbon sequestration. Beja Floor. Beja Floor. Nestled in the Macacaimas mountain range in southern Mendocino County sits Jonathan Wenzel's 1,228 acre farm, soaking in the sun's radiant beams. Beja Flor Farms, the name which means to kiss the flower, may look like its cultivating quality. Artisanal cannabis in full sunlight on land that's been family owned for generations, but there's even more behind their lush organic flowers. Unlike those cannabis farms that operate in warehouses sucking up electricity, Beja Flor believes in using cannabis farms to mitigate the effects of climate change. We have a two-fold process. One is the cultivation of cannabis. The other is sequestering carbon on a large scale, Wenzel says. Our model is carbon sequestration through cannabis cultivation. What we are trying to do is cultivate in many ways that are non-disruptive to the carb- carbon cycling Of the plant. Carbon sequestration can be both a natural and deliberate process that removes CO2 from the atmosphere or diverts it from emission sources. Natural carbon sequestration has been happening for billions of years. Trees, plants, the oceans, and the earth act as carbon sinks, uh, act as carbon sinks or sponges that help uh, with preventing erosion, loss of biodiversity, and decertification by sucking up and storing carbon dioxide from fossil fuel emissions. A concentration of cannabis plants, like a farm, can capture the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere to use in photosynthesis and store it in the roots, branches and leaves to help mitigate or defer global warming and reduce the consequences of climate change. (laughs) It's really about soil building and uh, terrier. We won't Till the soil forever, Wenzel says on his farming practices, which include placing the plants directly in the soil and sourcing all the materials he inputs in to the ground from a 50-mile radius around the farm. It's really no-till cannabis. We don't disturb the soil for as many years as possible, and that's the concept of cannabis terror. That's a weird word. Uh, Wenzel's foray into cultivation began early at the age of 13 and has since evolved into a career focused on environmentally friendly farming practices with an emphasis on the agrarian model. uh, His close ties to farming and his early exposure of examples of responsible agriculture made a major impact on the fifth generation's farmer impressive knowledge of the finer points of growing great cannabis. Wow. And that's a beautiful photo too. Just little, little buds of the sunlight there. I don't have a degree in plant genetics or bioscience, but the knowledge has been something I have grown up with, he says, adding that growing cannabis began as a childhood hobby for him. I was introduced to the wine industry when I was young and watched the transformation from traditional farming to organic, which taught me a lot about the damaging effects of some of the things that were regularly spread that were at one time considered to be benign. Uh, Bejar Floor, introduced the first crop in 2003 and since then. Lencil's dedication to producing sun-grown organic cannabis hasn't wavered a bit. In fact, his hope for the future is that more farms throughout the country begin to assess the environmental impact and move toward more eco-friendly methods. California produces 85% of the cannabis that is consumed in the country. So we can go forward and show people by our farms, test results, are breeding genetic programs that responsible agriculture works. I can't in good conscience cultivate cannabis in a grow room when I know it's possible. Beja floor's location in the Mayacamas Mountains is extremely uh, conducive to cannabis cultivation, Winsel says, but he thinks this isn't sufficient in and of itself for building an environmentally friendly farm. I think it's important to understand that there are more sustainable ways to grow, he says. We can help educate people who are already carrying out some egregious growing lifestyles to get them to implement practices that promote land stewardship and the agrarian model. Ah, there we go. The company's approach to growing led to a natural partnership with Flocona, a California brand that provides or that prides themselves on providing sustainable sun-grown cannabis from farms that focus on producing small batch boutique strains. As a fan of Flo, Kana's business model, Wenzel has considered it an honor to be connected with them. For this year's harvest, the farm grew 400 pounds with about 18 different strains, but not all of it was provided to the public, as some of it was Wenzel playing around with genetics and experimenting with breeding programs. For Beja Floor, it's all about quality, not quantity. We're a small farm planning to stay a small farm. One of the reasons for this is that I don't, is that I want to show that a small farm can be profitable even when they're doing carbon sequestration projects. I want people to see that we can make money and still do things the right way. California has been known for producing some of the world's best weed, with particular emphasis on Mendocino County and the region's undeniable knack for growing indisputably top-notch flour. The abundance of marijuana farms that have been occupying the county's hillsides And secret forest coves for decades have been the backbone of the area's rich farming culture. That, for some families, can be generations deep. Standing out among the sea of farmers can seem like an impossible feat. But Bayou Fleur, with their passion for the plants of the planet, don't have to try uh, hard for their crops to shine. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it.
2: And if we could do that
0: here, I think that would just be a really amazing thing to do. It is coming. It's coming. You know, and it's time. It's time. It's totally time. I can't even believe it. Thank you for listening in to We Day for Wednesday. Hanging out, everybody. Did. Yeah, thanks for hanging out. Happy almost birthday to the cannabis kids. I'll sign up for that. And, um, oh, next week we're going to have on one of the organizers of HempCon. They're going to come on and chat with us about what HempCon is uh, doing in Phoenix, the 15th, 16th, and 17th of June. So be sure to tune in the first part of We Wednesday. We'll, uh, we'll have them on and you can chat with them. Um oh my gosh, it's June. For the best we'll do, six or three, June it's summertime, people, it's summertime. All right. Go out and get educated, go out and talk to people, go out and meet some people, and go out and smoke a bowl for one thing. Be <laughs> yeah, happy. You, you 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 be responsible. Yeah. And be
1: smart. Be safe and educate. educate. We love you guys. And be responsible. And be safe.
0: <laughs> and be and smart. And have
1: fun. And and be smart.
0: Oh yeah, be fun. Be fun. I like it. Be fun. <laughs> yeah. Do be your, fun. Do your due diligence. And be fun. <laughs> See you next
1: week. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.